So she sent me the link through Facebook, which was supposed to be Meatless Mondays, but she didn't realize that she sent me the wrong link. <laughs> and the link yeah. said 21 days without meat. Ah. And I didn't tell her because I wanted to surprise her. So, okay, she challenged me, let's go, let's do this. And I remember my first day being uh, fully vegetarian, <laughs> I bought some things to cook and it was the awful meal, like the, the most disgusting meal of my life. <laughs> it was so strange. And then I realized maybe this is not for me, but hell no, if it's for Patricia, I will do it. Yeah. <laughs> she challenged me, I had to go. And then yeah, I did vegetarianism for 21 days straight. And in the end of the challenge, I went to have dinner with her and yeah. she realized that I was eating a lot of vegetables and salad yeah. and whatever. And, and she then asked he me. came to me, yeah. I did it, I did it. And I was like, yeah, okay, you did what? <laughs> I did it 21 days in like with vegetarian, yeah. full vegetarian. And I was like, uh, okay, and why? And he said, oh, the link, the link you sent me. And I was like, yeah, meatless Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized I sent him the wrong link. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like I realized everything happens for a reason. So maybe she sent the wrong link because I was supposed to do that turn up. Welcome back, Veggie Mates. If it is your first time tuning in, hello, good morning, good afternoon and good evening, depending on where you might be in the world. I hope you've had an amazing day. Welcome to the Veg Talk podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Davey. And this week, we'll be chatting with Patricia and Miguel from freeoversea.com, a couple living out their dream to travel the world with purpose to educate and inspire others and make this world a better place. Before we jump into the conversation, I'd like to continue the updates on where Anna and I are at, what we're doing, and what our plans are. Some exciting news, Anna has been working on a vegan Mexican recipe ebook, and that has gone live for you all to purchase. The recipes are ones that she grew up with in her family, ones that are close to her heart, and now she has veganized them all. Growing up in Mexico, many of the traditional dishes were heavy in animal products. And whilst the flavors and the textures were something that she loved, as a vegan, Anna did not want to support the cruelty behind these dishes. So with some help from her mom, dad, and grandma, they created this book, Cruelty-Free, Delicious, Traditional Mexican Cuisine. It was a really enjoyable process for us all, getting her family around to help cook, plate, and prepare the dishes, and of course, the tasting along the way, which was probably my favorite part. If you're interested in checking the book out or would like a digital copy for yourself, please head over to www.anagosfit.com. It is available in both English and Spanish and is $15. 10% of the profits will be going to a vegan charity of Anna's choice, and it is also a great way to support us whilst we're on the road. We don't have a typical income stream after deciding to focus on the podcasts and blogging, so your support is greatly appreciated. We want to continue meeting and bringing conversations from the most inspiring plant-based and vegan leaders to you in 2019 and beyond, and we'll continue working on making this a better platform to share important messages and ideas. Now, to this week's show with the amazing duo who some of you might already be following, Patricia and Miguel from Free Oversea. We reached out to these guys in Bali and they were super excited to hang out and do a podcast. It was their first time being interviewed and sharing their mission on a platform other than their own. So a big thanks to them for giving up the time. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to share their, their journey thus far. Patricia and Miguel have an amazing story, how they met, and reconnected after some time away from each other and how they got to where they are today. It's been a journey. They've experienced bad health, new countries and frustrating jobs before deciding to pack it all up and leave their native Portugal to spread their message through amazing visuals. You can find them on Instagram at freeoversea and also online at freeoversea.com. That's C-S-E-A. I won't keep you waiting any longer, Vegemates. Let's dive into this one. And I will see you all on the other side. In two, one, two. Awesome. We're rolling here today, guys, in Changu, Bali, uh, epic spot, epic um, part of the world. And we've got some really cool guests for you today. We're with <laughs> Patricia and Miguel. Yep. Uh, they are the creators behind Free Oversea. So if you head to Instagram or uh, their website, freeoversea.com, uh, you're going to be blown away. Epic, <laughs> epic footage, epic you know photos really amazing parts of the world thank you so much and they've got a really cool mission tied in uh with everything uh which is why i brought them on the show 
Uh, thank you for, for your time Excited today. to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thanks I'm, for the invitation. <laughs> yeah, I'm stoked as well, guys. Instagram d- direct messages pretty much got us here. So yeah. I'm, I'm thankful for... It's uh, the new MSN, you know. So oh, it's man. It's so, it's so easy. You've got, you know, access to all these people all over the world. So it's, it is really cool. Um, but before, you know, before the travels, before mm. you started doing this uh, full time, I'd love to hear a bit about, you know, where you grew up in, yeah. Port- in Portugal and what it was like, what, you know, traditional food is like in Portugal mm-hmm. and kind of where you, you know, where you went after, you know, after your early days. Yep. So, <laughs> grew up in Portugal, in the countryside, so about an hour away from Lisbon. And I was always very connected to nature, so I would spend my time cycling outside, playing and doing stuff like that. Um, when I was 10 or 11 years old, I actually told my mom I wanted to be a vegetarian. And she said, hell no, <laughs> you're Portuguese. So a lot of meat, a lot of fish, that's our food there. And of course, at that time, I said, yeah, fine, I'll just eat whatever you cook. Because that's what we need to do. Was, <laughs> when it, was we there are any kids. was there any reason why um, why you wanted to go vegetarian? Did yeah, I remember I was in school and they showed us this documentary. Uh, trying to remember the name. Nice work. No, 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 no. That one that the guy shows all stats and everything about what we are doing to our planet. It's not even focused on veganism. Okay, I can remember it's the name. It's about pollution. You know that one for sure. I just can't remember the name. I don't know the name. Well, if we remember, I'll chuck it in the intro or the outro of the, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we can, yeah, yeah. cool, okay, cool. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I watched that and I was like, okay, this is it. What we are doing is really bad and I'm just going to stop it. But of course, when you are 10 or 11, whatever, you need to eat whatever your mom cooks for you. So, yeah, that's, that was it. And then I started to grow. Uh, did my social community development uh, degree at Lisbon. And I started having some health issues around my 20s. So I didn't know why, I just lost 10 kilos uh, within a month, which is a lot. Mm -hmm. And the doctors couldn't find anything. So I had to keep this journal where I had to to write basically everything I ate in a day. And then we started associating the milk, yogurt, cheese, so every dairy products with the crisis I was having. So yeah, that was the time I found I was lactose intolerant. And that was also the time I said to myself, okay, this is it, I'm going vegan. I'm going vegetarian from now on. Okay. That was the first turning point. The first turning point, <laughs> yeah. So with, with the, the illness, Mm-hmm. Was was it purely diet related or was it stress related as well? No, from, no? it's purely diet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First doctor said, uh, yeah, it's stress because you're at college at the time. No, no, <laughs> I was never like a stress person. Nothing like that. Yeah. I didn't even have like anxiety during exams or anything. So I knew it was something with my diet. Plus, I was waking up in the middle of the night at three, four a.m. just to throw up. So I knew it was like wow. food related. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's now we know that most of the world are in fact mm-hmm. lactose intolerant, mm-hmm. but we're just you know, used to growing up with, with those products yeah. in the fridge. So we don't really think twice about it. Yeah. Um, okay, really cool. So once you were vegetarian, um, yeah, were you still eating like eggs or... Yeah, so I actually, I wanted to do a smooth transition, so I cut the meat mm-hmm. and the dairy products automatically. I kept the fish, and then I just removed the fish, but I kept the eggs, and then we did that transition together yeah, yeah. from vegetarian to vegan. <laughs> cool, so maybe we'll go back a bit to, yeah. Where, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. to where you were from and, and, and your, you know, your early days, and then I think there's a bit of an intersection we can see happening here. So And I can say that meeting Patricia was a life-changing because my childhood was completely different. Mm-hmm. So I'm from um, those rough neighborhoods, you know, it's like a lot of criminality. And once I grew, I was like obese at the time. So my mother overfeed me all 
all the time, all the time. I used to eat a lot of meat, all of that. And it was it was kind of rough um, growing up in that place, but it, it made it made me like the person that I am now, you know. So it was it was amazing. As soon as I turned to my 13s, 14s, when you eat puberty, there was a time that I, I thought to myself, okay, what am I doing here? I'm getting like bullied in school and all that. So from then on, I shift my my diet completely. So I just removed the fried stuff, chocolates, crisps, all of that. And I hit the gym very early on my age, actually. And then I lost, I can say, 15 kilos. And then that was a turning point because I was about to move to secondary school. And you know how secondary schools work, you know, all of the drama and whatever. Yep, yep. <laughs> so I started to feel more confident about myself. So I'm, I'm, I can say that that was a turning point. You know, I felt, okay, healthy feels good. So this is going to be the Miguel from now. So it was really a transitional point. And then uh, about vegetarianism, it was actually really fun because <laughs> it was after I met Patricia. So she, was, she sent me a um, <laughs> challenge through Facebook, which was the Meatless Mondays. I'm sure so how did you guys meet to begin with? We met in college. In college, in college okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we yeah. met in college. It was like, it was a, such a funny story because we were together for the first year and then we went completely apart. Mm -hmm. So we had to break up our relationship because we were different people at the time. We didn't feel comfortable with each other. Just followed different paths. Yeah. And we spent three years without having any connection with each other. Like three years. And one of these days, I had a dream about her that I was like inviting her to a concert that I, that I, has a, I had a ticket to that, go to that concert. I was supposed to go alone. And, and I didn't know that she liked that artist anyway. And I had the dream and it felt so real. So, okay, whatever. I will message her like three years. Yeah. And I messaged <laughs> her and she replied and she actually got the last ticket for the concert which was really yeah. universe like working its magic. And then from that day, we just together, just together. until today. Together <laughs> until today. That's wild. That's yeah. so cool. What a yeah. story. Yeah, it was yeah. like really, really universe working its magic because we weren't like expecting because we didn't talk for each other about three years. And it's, it's crazy how you can just connect like this, you know? Yeah. yeah. Really cool. What was the, who was the band? Who was that? Who was the band that you went to the see? Band, the band, Chad Faker. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aussie. Yeah, yeah, he's Hello. good. We saw him in Boston. Really? Um, yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Great it? gig. Yeah, he's great. like he's always our. So whenever we hear them, he's like our passion over there, like flaming all around. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. That's really cool. So you had the challenge, Meatless yeah. Mondays. Mm -hmm. So she sent me the link through Facebook, which was supposed to be Meatless Mondays, but she didn't realize that she sent me the wrong link, and the link <laughs> yeah. said 21 days without meat. And I didn't tell her because I wanted to surprise her. So, okay, she challenged me. Let's go. Let's do this. And I remember my first day being uh, fully vegetarian. <laughs> I bought some things to cook and it was the awful meal. Like the, the most disgusting meal of my life. <laughs> it was so strange. And then I realized maybe this is not for me. But hell no. If it's for Patricia, I will do it. Yeah. <laughs> she challenged me. I had to go. And then, yeah, I did vegetarianism for 21 days straight. And in the end of the challenge, I mean to have dinner with her and yeah. she realized that I was eating a lot of vegetables and salad yeah. and whatever and, and she asked he me came to me yeah. I did it I did it and I was like yeah okay you did what <laughs> I did it 21 days in like with vegetarian yeah. full vegetarian and I was like uh, okay and why and he said oh the link the link you sent me and I was like yeah meatless Mondays <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized I sent him the wrong link <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like I realized everything happens for a reason so maybe she sent the wrong link because I was supposed to do that turn up because I was already feeling a little bit sick mostly with the dairy I had to mm -hmm. quit dairy mm -hmm. before I turned vegetarian I don't know why but I'll always feel my stomach a little bit funny after I eat yogurt or all of that so I think it all happens for a reason so maybe that was the turning point and I had to to do the vegetarianism from them. It well, that's a, that's a good mistake. Yeah. That's a good to, mistake. Yeah, it's, that's it's, a really good mistake. I'm really grateful that you had that mistake because yeah. it's really life-changing. So after the 21 days, did you notice anything? Because it sounds like when you were younger, you know, you make that connection when you're a lot younger that, yeah, yeah. that healthier food feels good. I yeah. think a lot of us lack that connection. We just, when we're younger, we kind mm -hmm, of, mm -hmm. we'll chuck anything in our bodies yeah, yeah. and not really pay so much attention to, um, to the outcome of, of what that food kind yeah, of, what the feeling is after the food. But you've clearly experienced that at a young age. Yeah. And mostly because you are, when you are in school and like you have people making fun of you, just because you are a little bit fat or different from others, like you start to think, 
okay, what is wrong with me? You know, people really make you, make that pressure for you to think about that. And I'm glad it worked that way anyway, but because I was so resilient at that time, I could make the change for myself, but I know that some people can't do it anyway. But it, it, it's amazing, like you really feel inside, it's like you are reborn. You know, it's, it's really, really crazy because I used to eat a lot of crab food. It's like not good at all. So what is the Portuguese traditional diet like, guys? Well, I would say more than half of the plate is meat. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and then you have a little bit of rice. It's or like pasta. Or pasta. Or we yeah. eat a lot of every meat. You can, like rabbit, we eat duck, cow, yeah, uh, everything. pork, everything. So it's, it's a lot of stews. So those kind of food, yes. a lot of fat and butter. That's what and I eat. think that sometimes the problem is not the meat. Well, of course it is, but the main problem is where it comes from. That's the thing. Because in Portugal, we do not produce that amount of meat like for everyone. So if you start thinking where all these meat come from and what do they give to these cows so they can grow up faster and everything, it's messed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yes, Portugal is quite a small country mm-hmm. in size. So... Yeah, you definitely don't have the the land to no, be to be you know growing animals, killing them for food, mm. and then feeding the whole population yeah. of your country. It doesn't work like that in Europe. Um, no, countries are imported, yeah. no. So okay, so there's probably an un- environmental impact uh, that's not only the animals that are growing for food, mm-hmm. but also the transport of uh, the food to Portugal, which is going to have a huge environmental impact. Yeah, sure. When, when you'd done the, the vegetarian thing for 21 days, h- how long did you continue with that for? Was there a, 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 another road to veganism after that? Um, well, I never actually thought in becoming vegan, you know, because I was comfortable enough with being vegetarian, but I did eat a lot of eggs and a little bit of tuna every now and then. So I was kind of a pescatarian, but I would say almost full vegetarian. But the turning point was actually when we moved to Ireland mm-hmm. together to, to work and to live that like we were kind of feeling a little bit sick, mostly because of the eggs. We were having eggs and it didn't feel well, you know. And then Patricia thought, if I'm vegetarian already, why can't I be vegan? You know, it's just like quitting another thing. And yeah. we were doing a lot of research and, doing, and seeing more docu- documentaries. We were becoming more aware and more preoccupied with all the situations. So it's like being... I don't know, like being one with your actions. You know, if you think that I'm this person, why don't I act for it? You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also in Ireland, we got a job that put a lot of pressure on ourselves. So yeah. we were working in uh, residential care with children and young people who were taken away from their families. So they were traumatic kids yeah. and everything abused from their parents. And... I started having the same crisis at night as I used to have in Portugal. So I thought, okay, this might be stress now. But then, because we worked on shifts, so we were eight days working and six days off. And most of the time I had this crisis when we were off. So then I realized, okay, it's not stress. It's something that I'm eating again. So I did the journaling again and it was the eggs. So there was a time I was like, okay, this is it. I'm going vegan now. I'm going to give it a try. And since that day. Yeah. And I just kind of went with the flow, you know. But for me, it was hard because everybody asked the same question. Where do you get your protein? You know, and especially for men. Wow, you're going to mm. the gym. And now you're going to be really skinny because you don't eat any protein. And I was kind of thinking, well, I have to do my research because there's something mm-hmm. wrong because I see some bodybuilders that are vegan and there's nothing to do yeah. with protein, you know. And then I I realized that in every vegetable you have little grams of protein and then you have all the beans, you have tofu, Mm -hmm. you have soy, you have, I don't know, all of this variety of of good and wholesome food that provides you the nutrients you need. So it was like, okay, this will be okay. I'm comfortable with it. So let's give it a try. And then since then, it's like... We watched a lot of documentaries and read a lot of articles and I think what started as a curiosity and a new uh, diet then became a lifestyle because we do it not only with our food, we do it with makeup, with shampoos, with our clothes, so everything. everything. We like we are completely vegan consumers 
and yeah it is a lifestyle and i think it is our passion now and also part of our mission in this world yes. yeah it's a bit of a domino effect isn't it we start mm-hmm. out kind of like you know i mean for me personally it was like oh, i'm never going to be a vegan yeah ever yeah like you, you couldn't pay me to be a vegan <laughs> um but i think that was a very close-minded kind of uh outlook on uh, on on what it all was all about I, I wasn't i was just skimming the surface you know i was only looking at the food the plate and no other impacts but for mm-hmm. you guys the same thing you know the more you research the more, you become, the more you become aware of different parts of your life where oh hey there's you know there's animal cruelty in makeup there's um you know there's environmental imp- environmental impacts from mm-hmm. the food that we eat and they the test our stuff on animals before it goes to the market. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> so um, when you start seeing that and you learn about it, it just becomes harder and harder yeah. to mm-hmm. turn away from that. It's cool that it's come into your, you know, your mission now um, and you're passionate about it. And through your, you know, your blog and your Instagram page, you're able to tell a story through your mm-hmm. travels. What was the... What was the key thing that made you want to move from Portugal to Ireland? Because when I think of Portugal, I think of, <laughs> I think of amazing yeah. buildings and, um, you know, the beach. You're on the coast in yes. Portugal. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking water and sun. And when I think of Ireland, I'm it's thinking cold, <laughs> rainy, it gets dark early. You know, yeah. I'm thinking opposite. So what was the, the reason you guys wanted to, to go there? We got a job there. Okay. So that was it. We were in Portugal almost for five months yeah. trying to look for a job. We yeah, couldn't get impossible. anything either because we were too young to work. Or, or we didn't have the experience to work, you know. Yeah. So it's really hard for young people to find uh, good um, jobs and good like employment opportunities mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as soon as they uh, end college. So they either ask you to be 25 years old or they ask you to have five years of experience minimum to start a good, uh, yeah. a good job. But how can you be 25 years with five years, years of, experience of experience if you are studying, you know? <laughs> so we just thought, okay, like we have, to, we have to make a move. We have to search abroad probably because the yeah. world is too big. Yeah. We are not confined to Portugal, you know? Yeah. And, and then we, we found this. It was our degree, we were going to work together, so we basically were uh, responsible for a whole residential care. And we said, okay, let's try. We applied for it, we did a few Skype interviews, and we got the job. (laughs) Very cool. So what's it like being in a relationship and also working at the same place, um, you know, living in a new country together? What was that experience like? How old were you at the time as well? Okay, I was 22. 23. Okay. So we were really, really young, and most of the kids were like already 17, you know. So the the date, the the age difference was not that that much. But it yeah. was was really was really funny to see because we had to conquer our space there because nobody believed in us. Oh, they are too young. They don't understand about this. And since the first week when we brought our energy and our ideas, everyone started to shift their their thoughts about us. So it was like, oh. Okay, so maybe we need this. Yeah, these guys actually know something. <laughs> so that, that was like, oh, okay, we are feeling wanted now. That's what we're looking for. We just want to give back mm-hmm. to a community or to a place. And that was, that was really good. But working as a, as a couple, like, it is never a fairy tale. It's not always a fairy yeah. tale, you know? Even nowadays, Even nowadays, we're still not working together. But yeah, you need, to, you need to know each other, but you need to know yourself as well yeah. and you need to be able to tell the other person okay i need some time for myself now i'm gonna do this do that and you can do your stuff and you just don't have to feel sad or bad for no, saying it's that it's I like think. having it's like having a, a co-worker you know like you have to respect that that, that person uh, he she has different ideas from me i have different ideas from her but it's all about communication mm-hmm. if you keep an open communication and an open mind i think every will work out yeah eventually of course we have our fights you know we argue a lot we never fight we just talk and talk and talk and talk we can argue for four we hours talk a lot. until we get to a point <laughs> okay this is our point we are comfortable enough with this so let's go move forward that's yeah. cool kind of works like yeah that. i think we can learn <laughs> we can learn from well, i mean we've been traveling for five months together now and we do try and consciously do some of the things yeah. um that you spoke about i think the big one there is like having 
time every day on your own. Yes, yeah. that's really important. Because you do, I don't know, as much as you love each other, you you do get on each other's nerves and you're just mm-hmm. like, it's almost like everything that the other person says is going to piss you off. Yeah, like, exactly, little things. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah and yeah, sorry. <laughs> you just need that time. That's all I was getting. Yeah. yeah. We also realize that when we are, when we reach that point, is either because we are too tired or because we are hungry. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, we realize that. So we either need to order food or sleep. Or sleep. <laughs> okay. So this is this is hilarious. So Anna tends to get, you know, quite shitty with me as well when she's either tired, hungry, or cold. Oh, cold. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. If she's cold, and and they're the three. So <laughs> if I if I notice that she's you know two of those, I know I've really got to start paying mm-hmm. a lot of attention to to her. If it's three, I'm in trouble. They're in trouble. Okay, that's the deadline. <laughs> yeah. That, at that point, yeah, we, we bed is probably the best because then we, we get some rest. But yeah, that's funny you guys say that. It's um, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's it's a ride, and you get to you get to learn a lot more mm-hmm. about each other along the way. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's not always it's the not fairy always tale. The fairy tale. Yeah, people no, it's think, true. Oh, it's amazing. You're always together, always smiling. We are always smiling, but we have our moments, you know. Yeah, for sure. That's, for sure. That, that, it's human, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, it's good to talk to other people that you know going <laughs> go, going through some some similar stuff. You don't um, need to feel that bad about yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it happens to others, so it's normal. Yeah. Nah, really, really cool to hear that. How long were you in Ireland, guys? And you know, it's you know we're sitting here in Bali, so there must have been a time where you guys looked at each other and said, "All right." You know, we, we need to move on. So, what was what was the timeline on on Ireland? So we were in Ireland for two years, and we didn't see the sun almost for one year, as you can say, like all together. Yeah. So it was really depressing for us. We actually hit rock bottom. So we got depressed depression. So my hair fall a little bit. So I had to shave everything. She was getting, getting her skin irritation. Skin, uh, yeah, sick yeah. all the time. And then we started to look more about um, holistic. Uh, therapies and yeah so energies. i already did yoga and studied a bit about mindfulness but that was a time i thought okay i need to search for something else i need to try to understand what's behind all of this is it the job is it because we are away from home is it because we can't really connect with anyone here because it was like a lot of things happening at the same time so yeah, I started to study holistic health and mindfulness even deeper. I did my Reiki course and there was also the moment we went vegan and we realized it was really the job. And because we were in a country where we didn't see ourselves anymore. Yeah, so we were completely away from the whole spirit of the country because we didn't fit in any communities, we didn't have any friends to connect with, and then realize, okay, if there's something wrong, we have to make a shift. So it's all about taking the first step so mm-hmm. everything can come along, you know? And then we, there was one night, actually, we look at each other, we just start crying. Like, didn't talk, just start crying, and then we realize, damn, we gotta get away from here. Yeah, you know? because we were, I think we were always trying to hide it from each other yeah. because we thought, okay, this is a good job. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> perfect in terms of what society wants for yourself so you are making good money so we'll just keep holding it for each other and we'll never say anything to each other but that night that was it because we didn't want to be the reason for one to go along with the decision but that night we we like look at each other and it was like mutual okay we gotta quit yeah and just to say that was the night that the company where we were working uh, so one of our kids was doing so well that she had the opportunity to go back to a foster family. But the company just kept her because they were receiving money, money for, from for the government child. for her. So And that was the moment we were like, okay, we can't, we comply with can't this. cope with this anymore. Wow. It. It's yeah. kind of hard, yeah. Yeah, there's certainly, there's certainly that kind of corruption all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we tend to think of corruption as in like places like here mm-hmm. like indonesia yeah. or in mexico or you know whatever but you have whatever but there's, there's corruption all, all over the yeah. world that's that's kind of horrible to hear yeah it was kind of yeah. it's really hard because we had this vision for these kids and you can see that they were really really doing well and that's they only have one shot to go to a family if they are turning 13 that's a no-go because mm-hmm. i think nobody wants teenagers that's 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 the truth in foster care 
And then she had the opportunity, but the company didn't allow her to go. So now she will stay there until 18, until she gets dumped anywhere. And it was so hard because we were at this meeting with like 15 people. And when they asked, okay, who thinks this girl is ready to go? And she was. And we were the only ones who did. Yeah, we think she's ready. And it was a shock because we thought, okay, everyone is going to agree now. Like she's more than ready. Yeah, but no. So That's horrible. We hit the bottom, yeah. yeah, and so we start doing even more yoga. Miguel started to do it as well. That yes. was his first moment meditating, doing yoga, and then we realized, okay, we need to go somewhere with sun <laughs> again, uh, and somewhere with sun again, and somewhere like far from Europe. We wanted to try something different, and we were doing a lot of research, and we found Bali. And we said, okay, let's just book a ticket one to year Bali. In advance. One year in advance. Oh, we, wow. We booked, okay. Yeah. So that day, because we, we look at the moon chart anyway, so we, we looked for the full moon. Okay, on this day, we'll arrive Bali because the energies will be high and we will start our journey we together. We need a shift. And that's it. We just bought the ticket. We waited one year and then here we are. <laughs> what did you do in the year? So we moved back to Portugal. We were doing some volunteer work mm-hmm. in Portugal in organic farms and sustainable places because we wanted to feel uh, wanted again. We wanted to have our our purpose. So we just, okay, let's do volunteer work because it's the best way to, yeah. to do it. And then after that, we did some quick trips around Europe and then the moment came and we just fly to, to Bali. That's amazing. That's a really cool, another cool story. <laughs> Where in Ireland were you, just out of interest? We were near Cork. Near Cork. So near, yes. the, near the south of Ireland. In Cashel. In Cashel, more town. specific. Yeah, a small village where Cashel everybody village. knows everybody. So it was, it was really funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a, it's, a, it's definitely a funny thought. Like going back to that Portugal to Ireland thing, I think mm-hmm. it's, um, it's definitely a funny thought. But huge learning experience for you guys, without a doubt. It, it, it without it, then maybe you wouldn't be here today. True. So yeah. um, that is really cool. I want to go into what you were talking about before, learning more about uh, yoga and and it's reiki yeah yeah reiki. i know you've you've experienced that i haven't personally and i think there's probably some people out there that are listening in that might know might not know what it is so would you like to go into reiki just yep. a little bit yep. yeah so reiki basically means the universal energy so what you do is you work with the energy because everything is energy we all know that That's why you feel cold and hot and all of that. So it is basically a massage without doing it. So you just place your hands on other person and you are inviting the energy and removing blockages. You also work with uh, visualizations and images and everything, but it's good for not only for healing, but also to strengthen your immunitary system, to remove like any blockages that might be holding you from getting a job or stuff like that. And so. it really works because I was really skeptical about it. I was like, nah, he that, was. That, that doesn't work, you know. Yeah. It's, it's un- how I just place your hands and yeah. poof, all of a sudden you are healed, you know. And then she said, okay, let me try Reiki on you. It will be my first uh, experiment. And I said, okay, let's do this. And then all of a sudden, like, I started feeling really weird, weird stuff, you know, like it, deep inside. If she placed my hands on my belly and I had like a, a stomach ache, your belly just moves like this. And, flow, and she's not touching me, you know, my body all starts moving all around. And then all, all of a sudden, when that stops, you feel like, okay, where did that go? You know, and there was a time actually where she was teaching me about visualizations because my hair was falling, so I had to visualize when I was working out that some grass, like fresh grass, was growing within. So I did those visualizations, and within three months, poof, (laughs) I got hair again, you know. So it was, was, it's really, it's unbelievable, the the powers of the the universal energy, and that really works for everything. Yeah, Yeah. I remember when Anna was going to one in Boston, and she tried, she was explaining it to me, and yeah, I was uh, I was skeptical, but what I've learned is that uh, I think you've got to go into things with an open mind, and mm-hmm. until you've actually tried something, you can't, you genuinely cannot give it any kind of recommendation, or yeah. you can't pull it apart and say it's bullshit because yeah. if you haven't tried it, then you don't know. Mm-hmm. So I I am yet to try it to this day, so I'm not I'm not in I'm in no place to 
um, you know, to, to talk about it, but I'm definitely interested about it. And that's why, why I asked. So you don't actually touch. Yeah. You can touch yeah. or you can do it without touching. Yeah. So, and it does the same thing. Very cool. Yeah. You can even do it in the distance. distance. Like I do it to my mom or my dad at home when they need it and it's still working. And my dad still don't believe it. Like he doesn't believe it at all. But as soon as he has like a strong headache, I try to arrange a time. Okay. So that you're going to just sit on the couch or go to your bed and I'm going to do like 20 minutes, half an hour of Reiki and it works. That's and awesome. And he still, like, he doesn't believe it. It's incredible because... But he still does it? He <laughs> still sits still on the couch? still does cat? it, yeah. yeah. And they yeah. are in Portugal and we are here and the, the, the energy flows all around. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's like, yeah, I, it's mind-blowing. Like, I love it. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> so cool to learn about. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. I yeah, think that's, no problem. That's quite cool. So, yeah, now you've landed in Bali. Yes. Did you have any kind of direction in what you wanted to do when you were coming here? Had you talk, talked to each other about that or was it purely for a holiday? So, no, no. no, we came, for first time we came to Bali, so that ticket we booked yeah. with a year in advance, that was last September. And we came for healing ourselves. So we realized, okay, this is a time to reconnect. We need to find our purpose and what we want to do with our lives. And we started in Bali, and then we went to Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, all these places in yeah. Asia. And now before going home because we are going back to portugal in june we thought okay we have two months here where are we going yeah and we just decided bali because it's it was the place where everything began you know where our our blog and our account started mm -hmm. to grow and our mission started to grow and reach more people so we just thought okay we have to to get back to bali not only because of the food <laughs> we, were, we were really tired of eating fried stuff all around Asia, but, but also because we have new projects to, to work on and we thought, okay, Bali might be the place just to ground ourselves and just do it. Yeah, I think the first time we came to Bali to heal ourselves and now we like to say, to say we are here because we want to heal others, others yeah. and the world. So we are putting a project together that will be launch soon and yep. we are super excited about it that's really cool yeah are we allowed to talk about the project at all uh, no it's, it's under wraps not yet not yet it's just it's just going to be like about help other people healing you know yep cool. that's the only thing that we, yeah. that we can say well i look forward to to hearing more <laughs> you've definitely piqued my interest that's really cool um with with traveling around asia are there any places that you've struggled with being vegan you mentioned you alluded to the the fried food yeah yeah you know that that definitely can take a toll definitely. when you're when you're not getting like the fresh fruits mm -hmm. and vegetables mm -hmm. and you're you know consuming a lot of oily fried foods yes. what's the kind of hardest experiences you've had <laughs> i say the philippines 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 were so hard because we we decided to do the non-thirsty islands so when we were looking for places to eat they only had two options either fried rice or fried noodles. But the food in the Philippines is not that, that good. It's too oily. They use a lot of oil and especially fish oil. Mm -hmm. So we ended up ourselves like eating bread with peanut butter and Oreo. So this is the perfect yeah. combination. <laughs> two slices of bread, spread of peanut butter, two Oreos in them. You can break them if you want. <laughs> put the other slice on top and then you eat it and it's like heaven. But you can't do it like for three or four days in a row because no. you start feeling sick and your stomach doesn't already process the, the food. So we, yeah, we did a lot of fasting in the Philippines. A, yeah. lot, of okay. a lot of fruit. And a lot of fruits. And sometimes the problem in those, on those, in those islands is that you can't find uh, a variety of fruit. Yeah, so sometimes same. we only had bananas. Mango, banana and mango. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> So what worries me, guys, about this, what they've just uh, mentioned here, we're going to the exact same place <laughs> that they visited in the Philippines. And the food here in Bali, we're spoiled. Like, the, there are some amazing choices. You can get traditional Indonesian food. You can yes. get, you know, amazing nourish bowls, amazing yeah. burgers, you name it. 
Bali really does have an yeah. amazing range of vegan food. So, yeah, that worries me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the, uh, an Oreo sandwich sounds like something we might be trying. It's, it's really good. Yeah. You just find a 7-Eleven and you are done for the day, you know? <laughs> no, but yeah, we left Bali and then we went, went to Thailand. Okay, the food is not that bad in Thailand. It's really good. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of vegan options, you know? But yeah, it's really good. But it's the shift. You just realize, oh, damn, I want to go back. Because it's not you. You can't put your expectations too high. You just have to go and find good places. Because if you try to find wholesome food and fresh food, is either too expensive, or you just or they just don't exist. You know. Yeah. So in the Philippines, they are scarce. The, the options. You have lots of places with smoothie bowls, which is good. Mm-hmm. But you get tired of eating smoothie bowls every day, every yeah. day, every day. You know. And sometimes they use fresh milk. Yeah, it's the they use fresh bowls, milk. So they're not even vegan. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's definitely not something I um, I thought Asia would be big on is dairy, but it's mm-hmm. it, it tends to be everywhere yeah i thought it was the yeah. opposite i thought they didn't yeah. yeah. use dairy at all only coconut milk but no it's, mm-hmm. it's everywhere yeah yeah even some places here well uh, the place we went for for dinner last night um really nice place they had some vegan options but the smoothies all had yogurt and milk in them wow. so anyway we just got without and it, it wasn't a problem it was just frozen fruit and mm-hmm. blended mm-hmm. Oh, just frozen fruit okay. frozen yeah. fruit and blended up and that was it so yeah, I was surprised by the fact that, yeah, dairy is so big here. So anyway, we'll be on, you've given us some good tips for, for the Philippines. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll be trying our best to get kitchens in the places yeah, yeah, we stay. Yeah, That's the, the most, um, that's the best, th- thing, the best to thing to do. Yeah, you just find a place that has a kitchen, you go to the local market, buy some fetch, fresh vegetables, noodles and rice, and then cook yourself. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yes, this has been, I think this is a big learning podcast for, for Anna and I. We're, we're really enjoying it. So, you know, deeper into, into what you're doing, I want to hear about your mission and I want to hear it from you guys. You know, I've obviously been to the website and it's, it's beautifully done and uh, well written, um, but I really want to hear from you, you know, how you came to decide on your mission and then also what it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think our mission is basically our lifestyle and yeah. our beliefs. Like everything is there. We we are not only vegans, as we are also advocates for ethical animal tourism, conscious uh, fashion or slow fashion, as they like to call it. Um, and we feel that our mission in this world is to inspire and empower people to have a positive impact on the world at the same time to feel uh, good about themselves to be happy so we are not empowering or influencing anyone to be a content creator or to be a full-time traveler no we want people to find their true happiness and do that yeah. And as we have on our, on our blog, like we, we have our rule of the three Ps. So people, planet, and pets. And those are the, the three, the three yes. rules that we got ourselves on. So. Yeah, I love it. I really, I really like the fact that you are talking not only about, you know, finding your own personal passion, but mm-hmm. you, know, don't, you don't need to copy us. Like, True. You know, we, all, we can fall in that trap quite easily with Instagram because... Anna and I were talking about the other day, right? I'll give you an example. You come to Bali and you do see a lot of beautiful images from people who make amazing content in Bali. And sometimes you're walking around and you're thinking, I'm not getting that experience. Like, yeah, and you're second guessing your own experience in a place. But then, you know, we quickly caught ourselves and you look around, beautiful place, the people are all smiling. Mm-hmm. How can you not enjoy where you are so yeah instagram can be this it's really tricky kind of evil but at the same time it is a it's an amazing tool that can bring people together so i i do like that you're mentioning that you know hey not everyone needs to be a Mm full-time traveler we all have our own different passions basically and it is okay because we got a lot of questions oh how do we get to to be like you guys we really want to do the same thing that you do we are going to quit our jobs i say what no you don't need to quit your job if you are feeling comfortable with your job. That's not, people think this is the dream life. This is our dream life because we work for this dream mm-hmm. of ours, but it, not, it might not be your dream. And that's okay, you know, everyone is different and you can find beauty everywhere. And I don't know. And we still want to have a job like 
beyond these social uh, media accounts. Like sure. we still want to work, um, how do you say, with communities. Yeah, with communities all, we have, all around. We want to open our own project. That's our main goal so. in life. We want to open an academy or something where children ca can go and they can paint outside the lines if they want or whatever. Like yeah. we still want to have that. Yeah, and but this is our dream for now, so that's why we are doing it. You're certainly living it, so yeah. it's it's yeah, really yeah, it's really really cool to see, um, and to to meet you both and you know see how you know full of energy you are and and um, you know your smiles. It's it's really <laughs> good to see. In terms of touring around Asia, you know you've done a little bit of it. What impacts have you seen that tourism does have? Because we you know, we often think as tourism as this, you know, wonderful thing. It brings in income to countries, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whether you're Australia, Thailand, Ireland, it doesn't matter. You know, tourism industry is big. How does it impact these places um, around Southeast Asia that you've traveled to? Yeah, okay, you have like several types of impact. I'll say the main one uh, by far is plastic. Plastic consumption is, is everywhere. It's not only in Indonesia, it's in Thailand, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. in Vietnam, it's in Cambodia, it's, it's in Europe. It's in Europe, so it's it's everywhere. And the more that tourism grows and you have more people visiting these places, they start to to, to only offer like quick uh, solutions. So if you go to a shop, they have plastic bags everywhere. They have fruits uh, wrapped in, in plastics. And people still consume that because it's easier and it's cheaper mm -hmm. than go to a bulk store, for example. But they don't realize that they have the the option to say no to this to this this plastic, and but I, but I'll say that plastic is got into our heads, into our hearts. It's really, really, really sad to see that is everywhere. So I will say that that is the main impact of tourism. Yes, and then of course you have others. For example, um, the animals. Like we all know that people go to take these photos with the elephants, with the monkeys, and we all know it's not ethical. They are completely. We had this experience in the Philippines. We were supposed to go swimming with uh, whale, whale sharks, sharks. Yeah. but we just quit it because we realized that they are changing the whole ecosystem. So they are overfeeding the whale sharks yes. so that the whale sharks can come near the coast so people can go swim with them and take a nice photo for yeah. Instagram. And I would say the other big example, we just came back from Myanmar and we were so excited to explore Bagan, to climb the temples, watch the sunrise with the balloons and all that. And we got there and realized that all temples are closed to climb because mass tourism is destroying those temples. Yeah. So you can see a little bit of rocks uh, falling down from the, the ancient temples. Uh, the locals had to close everything. The balloons ride are about to finish, so no more balloons in Bagan. So you can see that it's destroying a dreamy, a dreamy place. Mm -hmm. So people and don't realize the, the impact of their actions. Yeah, it's everywhere, even in Cambodia. Because we usually, like, everyone seems to talk about the environmental issues. Of course, the plastic is a big issue and the animals and everything, but it is affecting people as well. It is affecting yes. human lives. For example, in Cambodia, they have uh, open days at orphanages with children so you can pay an entrance fee and you go like pet, pet a, kid a kid for yeah. that feel day. Sorry for them, you, you go know? and you take a photo with the kid oh, and it's, it's that was just so wrong it's so yeah wrong. and even you have like they have those lake boat trips where the, the tour guides encourage the, the tourists to throw food into the water and then the kids jump in the water to get yeah. the food because they're hungry, you know, to throw sweets to the kids and all that. So this it's is happening crazy. right under our noses and the yeah. more we travel, the more we dig deeper, the more we realize that our actions need to be conscious. Yes, and, and I think the more rea we realize that it's not only a problem within the tourism industry, it is a problem of the self because we are losing our consciousness, people are not aware of what they're doing, or if they are, they just don't care. So we need to educate ourselves a bit more and have some yeah. kind of kindness and love for others. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, all of, I mean, the, the thing in Cambodia, that yeah, it's crazy. It's too that much. blows my mind. Like, 
Yeah, are, are these local people going to do this or are these tourists going to? And more uh, tourists. tourists, yeah. Because wow. local people are making a profit out of that. And tourists know? go and pay. Yes. Yeah, and because tourists go and pay, local people keep opening this. Right, it's all demand-driven. Yeah, this issue is, is, is being is made aware of. Like people are starting to realize that it's not a good thing to do, mm-hmm. but it's still happening. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those things I think are a little bit more front of mind for for a lot more of us now. But you know, some not so front of mind. Um, one that we were discussing here in Bali, Anna and I, is the impact of like hotels, mm. more buildings going mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. and they're taking over rice fields. Yeah. So less rice fields and, and, and more hotels. Um, yeah. So you definitely do see an impact on the, on the local people. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to them, you do, you know, they do have a very balanced kind of view of it. You know, they do say, look, you know, we rely so heavily on tourism. It is a good thing in some ways, but uh, in some ways it's terrible uh, because it does impact us as people and um, our lives in our local towns become so different because they're flooded with, um, you know, the exact things that you you guys were talking about then. So what kind of things can we do? Is it, you know, more research based on on our tourism because like the elephants as well is another one that comes to mind mm-hmm. people going to ride elephants um what can we do as people when we do decide to to travel you know across the world so i think you need to start on your daily actions simple stuff like bring you know your own bottle and refill it instead of yeah. buying plastic plastic water bottles and I think it's a lot of research as well. Because, for example, with the elephants, people tend to book those places because they're cheap. In the same way, people tend to buy clothes on these shops we all know. I'm not going to say names because it's cheaper. Yeah. But if you think, how can I buy a f- T-shirt for $5 or three T-shirts for $10? Like... How is that possible? How is that possible? The people who are making, who are actually working in the factories, like, are they earning what? If I can buy it yeah, like, like it, this. It, it can be a little expensive, you know, especially for us that we are traveling full time on a budget. Sometimes we we face these issues. Okay, we need clothes, but we can't overexpand something. So we just decide, okay, we buy two or three pieces, like two, two or three t- t-shirts, and we utilize them, you know? You don't need that much, you just need a little so you can yeah. live. So that's a conscious um, consuming, it's, it's like... Mm-hmm. When you book a thing. place, there are lots and lots of green places and eco places nowadays. So try to know about their mission, try to know how this hotel is giving back to the community or stuff like that. When you buy food, when you buy your fruit or veggies, try to buy local. I don't know, there's a lot of stuff you can do. There's a lot of things. Uh, even you have to think about slow travel. Mm-hmm. So we were actually th- talking about this. So we are traveling so fast during these nine months that we are in Asia. It's, we did already, I don't know, more than 20 flights. And it's not, not yeah. good, you know. The, the ecological footprint goes really high. So choose to do slow travel, go by train and cross the borders instead of going to airports from airport, you know, that's, that's a really mm-hmm. big thing that people can do. All yeah. very good <laughs> tips. I really like the, um, the idea of like bringing it into your own life first, mm-hmm. you know, make it part of your day to day. And then when you do decide to, you know, hop on a plane, train, get in a car, wherever you do want to travel, you'll have those kind of habits with you. Yeah. yeah. So when you For go sure. to a new place, you'll be able to, you know, take that with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. It all yeah. starts within that. You have to start with your own actions so you can change your own world, world around before you go outside and spread it to mm-hmm. the others. Definitely. Definitely. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, um, yeah, I really like all of those things. I, I really want to keep kind of like on top of some of that with us as well, because we were talking about before, like, where can you fill up like your water bottle in Bali? Mm-hmm. Like you come to a place where, you know, you can't drink water out of the tap. Thailand, Cambodia, I'm yeah, sure all, all of those places, places yeah. are the same. I'm not going to go to, you know, the tap in our yeah. villa here in Bali and fill up our reusable water bottle that we brought. And we have found ourselves sometimes 
buying plastic bottles. Yeah. It frustrates the hell out of us mm-hmm. to do that. We feel ridiculous, you know, having to, to purchase these. The other day we walked past some graffiti and it was like a, you know, um, political kind of graffiti saying something something about, you know, plastic bottles. Like, okay. uh, you know, stopping using... And I'm, I'm standing in front of this sign with, with a, plastic. a plastic bottle and I was just like... How ironic it is. This is really pissing me yeah. off. But I didn't really know what to do. So are there places that you kind of seek out for clean water when you are traveling and you can you can fill up your water bottle? Yeah. yeah. Usually some hostels, guest houses, all these eco hotels and all those places, even if you're not staying there, they're more than okay for you to come and refill your bottle. Uh, in Bali, there are many, many restaurants and cafes. So it is really about doing your own research. Yeah, and and you, trying you to can find always options. go go to a restaurant or whatever and just ask, can mm-hmm. you refill my bottle with water? I'm sure that you won't hear a no. Yeah, yeah. You can, We've you might done hear it one, sometimes. Yeah, one, once in a while, but just keep looking and keep looking because the thing is, okay, you have the choice, you know, is either buying a plastic bottle or just wait one hour until I find a place to, to refill my water bottle. So it doesn't, it doesn't harm you. <laughs> right. No, it's definitely true. Yeah, even with food, you know, like we we often like want to eat as much as we can while we're on the road. So mm-hmm. we're you know we get a little bit scared that we might get hungry in a couple yeah. of hours. Yeah, but you know you can actually wait a little bit mm-hmm. longer until you know you're eating something that you're completely comfortable with eating. Uh, yeah. We yeah, so all those things definitely tie into each other. More back more more to the content creation now. Okay. You guys you know truly amazing images were you, you were you photographers beforehand and you know how have you cultivated this into um to what it is today so you can say because you i only man. yeah i only did photography as a hobby and actually when we when we were together during our first month we traveled a lot in Portugal and we used to take like these selfies that With every couple does. Yeah, you know, all of that cute pics, candid. Yeah. And our <laughs> Instagram page really started with like, with that so we never aimed for something bigger until we realized okay we love doing this we love creating so for example Miguel is a musician I was a contemporary dancer for such a long time. We both love arts. That was actually part of our previ- previous jobs. So we used to do a bit of therapy through arts with kids. So creativity for us was always, was always like very, very important. And I think this was a way to nurture our creativity, you know? Mm-hmm. So we have these skills, we have these strengths. So why not just study a little bit more and research a little bit more and just put into practice? Yeah, start watch, watching a lot of YouTube tutorials. A lot of YouTube tutorials. And yeah. YouTube University. <laughs> yeah, YouTube University is the yeah. best. Like we learn pre- pretty much everything. Even now, I'm, I'm not the photographer in this in this dynamic duo, you know. Yeah. I'm more doing the marketing, but I had to learn everything about digital marketing. I'm now learning how to do videos. And I did some already and I'm starting to get that passion about the videos and making the music for my own videos is always amazing. Wow, that's so cool. So it's a lot of work. And then Patricia is teaching me a little bit of photography, you know, because sometimes she needs me to ph- photograph her so I need to know what am I doing, you know. So, yeah, it's kind it of like pushing us out of our limits yeah. and it's amazing. Self-taught ourselves yeah. all the time and constantly learning. So awesome. Well, you're doing a good job, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're doing a pretty good job. And what type of editing software do you guys like to use? We are now using for photography, Photoshop and Lightroom. And for video, we use Adobe Premiere. And for the music, and music you I use, use Ableton. Ableton. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm trying to get familiar with some of those, some yeah. of those as well. Um, yeah, the self-teaching is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. You it know, is, yeah. you realize that you can go out there, do it. For a really low cost, it might take a little bit more time out of your own day, but you really can do it yourself. Yeah, you, um, you never stop learning. That, that's, no. that's, that's the thing. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, so if someone 
if someone's passion is to do what you guys are doing and travel full time, what kind of you know tips and tricks do you have for them uh, that would help them in their own journey? Okay, I'll say the most important thing is always be yourself. You know, because in around social media, people tend to fake their lives and fake their beliefs just to get the following and just get the likes that society will, is looking for. Because I want to work with hotels, I want to work with brands, I want to grow, I want to be big. But then you realize this is not myself, you know, and you start to actually get all that anxiety and depression mm -hmm. that can mm -hmm. happen. So I think the first tip is always be yourself. Yeah, and okay. make sure this is really your passion. Yeah. You are not doing this because of someone else, because it's what's like happening now. And then the tips that we always say is find a purpose, because if you like whatever your job is, you need to have a purpose. I yeah. like to work here because na na na, and work hard. Like we work every work, day yeah, we quit I the nine know. to five job but we are actually working 15 hours 16 hours per day some of the days we won't rest but that's okay because we are doing what we love you know so just make sure that you have to really work really hard at the beginning until you get to that point that you can delegate your tasks and just be a little bit more chill about the, the yeah. work yeah but i think that's it and if you have your mission you will find your identity so if you are creating a page a blog it's key that people see that you have an identity over there, that they will relate to your mission, that they will relate to you. That's why it's so important to have all mm -hmm. these things clear. I think it's some, yep, that's it. that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. Because I, I think often, often the notion can kind of be like, oh, they, you know, they quit their job and they're traveling the world mm -hmm. and they put up a couple of photos every now and again. Oh, that looks like a cruisy life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Getting <laughs> stuff for free. Yeah. How, how the hell do they do that? But in actual fact, when you dig a little bit deeper, um, you know, there, there is a lot of work behind it. And I think from our experience as well, and I'm not sure if you guys agree, but without the work, it would become a little bit boring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. You know, <laughs> with, without the work that you, you have drive for and and you see the meaning behind what you're doing uh, i think it would become a little bit meaningless, meaningless if, if you, yeah. yeah if you didn't have that so um yeah really cool tips uh for people out there that are you know looking to looking to do the same thing rounding this out rounding this conversation out i'd love to know what's next for you guys what are you planning a apart from the project that we can't hear from yeah what um <laughs> Yeah, what do you have on the on the horizon? Okay, I can say I can say this because we already told people. So we are still working on a book. So that's our big dream is to write a book and put it out there. So we don't know it's going to be finished because we don't want to rush ourselves. We just want to write mm -hmm. while we are traveling. But that's one of the the biggest projects that we have out there for the next year. Yes, right? and of course continue traveling. So we already have some places planned in Europe. We'll do Africa as well. And we also want to connect even more with communities. So we are reaching out to social projects, ethical yeah. projects as well, and see how we can help these people while traveling at the same time. But definitely never stop traveling. And back to Portugal for a bit? We're back to Portugal for the summer yep. because you really get homesick you know in yeah in so meantime. we'll be in portugal from june to september and then we start traveling again first to the greek islands and then we already have morocco yeah. and some other countries but we won't like travel for nine months like we are doing here in asia we'll use portugal as a base mm -hmm. to do several travels before we go on a big trip again because we really need to stop a little while because it can get really crazy if you're always working and traveling working and traveling Europe's a good place for that. Europe it's nice and tight, you know. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, nice yeah. and close together, so it, it definitely makes things um, makes things easy. I'd love to go to Morocco. It looks like a, we went a really cool country. We want to go yeah. back again to yeah. explore like yeah. the real, the real time. Very cool. We've been there when we weren't even content creators, <laughs> so okay. nice. now we need to go again. Yeah, you were travelers long before the you know the the, the whole yeah. content yeah. thing came yeah. into it. Um, but you know, now that you've got the purpose and the mission behind what you're mm -hmm. doing, you know, I wish you guys the best. I can't wait to, 
I can't wait to follow along and, and see so where it takes you. I'll I'll definitely be looking forward to your your little side project there. I can't <laughs> yeah, wait to can't wait to see that um, come out. And yeah, guys, if you are looking to find these uh, two awesome humans, where can they find you? So you can find us on Instagram. You just search for Free Oversee, and you can find us on our blog mm-hmm. www.freeoversee.com. And also on YouTube, so you just type free overseas as well. We have some inspirational inspirational videos yes. coming. And we have more. It's a mix of inspiration and travel, so. We have yeah. more and more to come because 2019 will be the year of the video, so we are putting out a lot of more content of that. So let's Beautiful. See. Well, can't wait to have a look, guys. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. We're pretty Thank close to the much. beach here, so I might uh, we might head off and yeah. you know yes. <laughs> have a swim in the ocean. But yeah. Looking forward to getting this one out to the listeners and thanks again, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cheers. Hi, guys. How did you like that one? I found these guys really inspiring. Love the story about Miguel's dream about taking Patricia to a concert and making that a reality after three years apart. An incredible way to kickstart their relationship and journey together. I'd really like to try Reiki as well. At the very least, it does sound worth a shot. It's cool how Patricia's father will still sit down in another country on the other side of the world and do a Reiki session with his daughter, even though he thinks it's complete rubbish, but it seems to work. Their mission is powerful, to be healthier, more compassionate and conscious travelers and humans in general. If you would like to check them out, which I highly recommend. Go to Free Oversea on Instagram or their website, freeoversea.com. We are also traveling ourselves at the moment. And if you'd like to see what we're up to, go and take a look at Anna's YouTube channel. You can find it by searching for Anna Alarcon, that's A-L-A-R-C-O-N, and Anna with one N. We've been uploading vlogs a couple of times a week from our travels in the van throughout North America and also our time in Australia, Indonesia, and the Philippines. It's really been an amazing journey, and I'm glad we have a platform where we can share more and you can see what we're up to. Next week, we'll be doing another mini pod, so please send in your questions and topics for us to cover by contacting me at VegTalk, that's V-E-D-G-E-T-A-L-K, on Instagram. Drop me a direct message, and we'll include that in the next mini pod. Until then, guys, keep it plant-based. And I'll talk to you all soon.